It's a great honor always to be able to speak about the Lord and to share the gospel. Hallelujah. And I do thank him and you for this opportunity. Eber asked me to speak and perhaps continue in the same theme he has been sharing with us. But I don't think I can do as well as he is. So um, I waited on the Lord and I, I have another message. I would encourage you, though, to come with your Bibles to church. I would encourage you to have a little notebook so that you can write down as the ministry comes. Uh, I found that a great help in my own life. And it's impossible to actually remember, especially texts and verses. But if you write them down throughout the year in your own textbook, you can refer to them again and again and again. And I'm reading from John chapter 21. I have a number of verses I'd like to share. And the first one is John 21. And verse 11. This is the story about that wonderful resurrection breakfast on the shores of Galilee, where the Lord Jesus helped the disciples, who were many of them fishermen, to catch one of the biggest catches they've ever caught in their lives. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Even on that resurrection morning, the Lord Jesus was still looking after his disciples. He even served them. He cooked breakfast and served them. Verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. That word lambs is quite important. It means the little ones, the newborns. Sixteen, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. That's a very important word, tend. It's the same word that pastor comes from. In other words, be a shepherd. Shepherd, tend, feed. Do everything that a shepherd does. 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? 
And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Three times. That morning must have been a wonderful morning. I believe the Lord spoke privately and intimately and had a word for each one of the disciples who were there. But we only have this one recorded of Peter. And it's quite significant, I feel, that what the Lord Jesus said to Peter. Um, Peter went on to do great things for God. Starting, of course, at the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost at Shavuot, where thousands of people came to know the Lord. I mean, Peter was a great evangelist. There's no question about that. I mean, in one meeting, thousands. And then again, subsequent to that, thousands came to the Lord. He also performed great miracles, if you continue to read in Acts. I mean, great miracles were done with Peter and John. And and a mighty revival broke out at that time. And of course, where there is revival, there will always be opposition, let me assure you. So there was persecution. And next thing in Acts chapter 12, if you will turn there, we find that Peter was thrown into prison. Wow, this great man, this great evangelist, a man who could do miracles in the name of Jesus. Well, in chapter 12, we read in verse 1, 2, and 3 that Herod threw him into prison with the intention of killing him. He just killed James. And verse 5, well, verse 4, he arrested Peter and put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people. Four squads, that's at least 16 soldiers guarding one man. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Prayer in the church moves mountains. Oh, if we could just get that latent power God has given us. 6, verse 6. When Herod was about to bring him out, he was now about to bring him out and kill him. That night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Here here Peter was in jail. There were 16 guards watching over him. He was chained between two of them. There were guards at the doors, outside and inside. The, the doors, we, we, we read a bit later on, there were iron doors that they were, were locked and barred. There was no way in and there was no way out. That, Peter was an, an absolutely impossible, humanly speaking, situation. 
I don't know if you've ever got into that kind of situation, but certainly we have had problems that like that, haven't we? Where we, we don't see any answers, it's beyond our resources, it's an impossibility humanly to, to sort the thing out. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. Ever been in that kind of situation? Verse 7, we know, we read the story, an angel came, struck him, he had to, he had to actually strike him, he actually had to slap him. Uh, Peter, wake up! <laughs> Sorry? He was too comfortable in the prison. Why was Peter sleeping? That's my question. How could you sleep in that situation? I've been thrown in jail, and that's not a nice prison. It's not a nice position. I didn't sleep. In a dark, stuffy, grimy place, surrounded by soldiers, you can't do anything. And you know this man is going to kill you. Hear it. And Peter was sleeping. I'd like us to turn back to 21, John 21. Verse 18. There was a reason why Peter was sleeping. Jesus said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. And when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. 19, this he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Mm. Can you see why Peter was sleeping? Yeah. You can? Yeah. The Lord Jesus said something very hard to Peter. He said, Peter, when you were young, you did whatever you wanted to do. You walked wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will carry you where you do not want to go. He was talking about the death that Peter would experience in his old age when he was an old man. That's not a very nice thing to be told. No. No. You know why the Lord Jesus told him that, don't you? That was because it was a security for Peter. That's right. Come on. Peter had no faith in himself. He had let the Lord down on several occasions. But the Lord Jesus reassured him that he would follow him faithfully and when he had attained an old age and a full life, only then That's right. would he be killed. And then it would be for his name anyway. That's right. yeah. Peter knew in that jail there was no possible way Herod could kill him. He knew it. Come on. Why did he know it? Because the Lord had told him and he had believed. Beloved, you need to believe That's right. Come on. the promises of God. That's right. yeah. 
We are living at a time when all sorts of things can happen. We often go personally through many uh, deep experiences which are tests and trials. Peter stood on the word of God. Peter slept. He rested in the midst of this turmoil and horrendous situation. Because Peter knew that the word of Jesus could be believed. If Jesus said it, it was true. Peter knew he was not going to die. He knew, in fact, that the Lord Jesus had called him to be a shepherd. Peter was a great apostle. He is, in fact, considered the great apostle. But first and foremost, he was a shepherd. The Lord Jesus didn't say to Peter, Peter, you're going to be a great apostle. He didn't say to Peter, you're going to be a great evangelist. He didn't say to Peter, you're going to be a great prophet. He said to Peter, be a shepherd. Those were the last words that the Lord Jesus said to Peter. You know, in today's world, people want to do great things. And sometimes I turn on God channel and I see prophets and apostles and bishops and all kinds of people up there. Boy, oh boy. Yes, we have a five-fold ministry in the church. There are these wonderful gifts, first apostles, then prophets, then evangelists, teachers, and pastors. Do you know what the Lord called Peter to be? A pastor. A shepherd. You know, if you want to be great, you've got to be a pastor. You've got to be a shepherd. You've got to tend God's sheep. You've got to look after. We have a calling. You and I have a calling And that is to feed our lambs, to tend God's sheep, to watch over his people. Do you know the Lord Jesus before anything else was a shepherd? Jesus is called a great apostle. He, He was the greatest and is the greatest evangelist of all. He is, of course, is called the teacher. He was the prophet of God, the true Word of God. But before anything and everything else, our Lord Jesus was a shepherd. A shepherd. In Matthew 9, verse 36 and 37, it says, When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were harassed and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to the disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he raises up harvesters. Shepherds who can shepherd and feed his flock and go out and hunt for them and find them. You remember that great parable the Lord Jesus gave in Matthew 18 of the lost sheep. He said, 
what shepherd has got a hundred, but he loses one? And he leaves the ninety and nine, and he hunts until he has found that one lost sheep. That is the heart of Jesus Christ. We are called, all of us, I believe, before anything else, to be shepherds. Do we have a shepherd heart? I believe in the time in which we're living in the Western world, the church is desperately in need of shepherds. We lack shepherds. I'm not talking about, there was a movement some years ago called the shepherding movement. I'm not talking about that. That was, that was crazy. That went right into error. Where people in the church took control of others and they so shepherded them that they actually forced them and controlled their lives. They couldn't change jobs unless they had the approval of the shepherd. They couldn't go on holiday unless they had the approval of... No, 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 no. No, no. I'm not talking about that kind of thing at all. Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than he lay down his life for another. And he said, I am the true shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. God the Father sent his shepherd son to find the lost sheep. says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is the greatest shepherd of all. I want to read the qualifications of a shepherd to you. Isaiah chapter 40. This is where we sung from, the same chapter, just earlier in our service where it says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. But in the first part of that chapter, in verse 10, Isaiah 40, verse 10 and 11, this is the description of our Lord, of Jesus. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. That's Jesus, the good shepherd who came. It says, he will gather the lambs with his arms. The lambs, that's the infants. the little lambs, and he will carry them in his bosom. That's in his heart. And gently lead those who are young. He carries us. Have you ever felt you needed the Lord to carry you? You know that wonderful thing, the footsteps, where there's only one set of footsteps. 
And the person prayed, Lord, when I needed you, why were you not with me? And the Lord said, that's when I carried you. How many times in our lives has the Lord carried us? And the Lord wants to hold you close to his heart. He's got a shepherd's heart. Do you know a shepherd knew the name of every one of the sheep and his flock? And if he called the name, that, that sheep would come. I know this because my wife brought up an abandoned lamb right from birth until it was fully grown. And my wife could go out to the flock in the field and call that name. And that sheep would come running to her. God knows your name. He knows everything you go through. He knows your circumstances. He knows your problems. Jesus is called the Lamb of God. He is both the Lamb and the Shepherd. That's why he can identify with you. He loves you like a shepherd loves. The Lord had a lot to say about false shepherds. I believe there are many. But he is the true shepherd who gave his life for you and me. And he goes before his, his sheep and he leads them. He goes before you. Sheep follow. Goats are driven. I love goats, but you've got to drive them. Sheep follow. God doesn't drive you. He calls you. And if need be, he will carry you. The shepherd goes before the sheep. He goes at the same, the pace that the sheep can follow. He will in fact go at the slowest pace that the slowest sheep needs. And if that's too slow, he will come and carry that sheep on his shoulders over the rough places. There are times when we need carry, all of us. I've I found that in my life. And if a sheep strays and is lost, he is the good shepherd who will then go out and hunt down and find that sheep and come with rejoicing back to the fold. I believe the greatest call on your life is to be a shepherd. In today's Western world, we have great apostles doing wonderful things. Praise God, wonderful. We have prophets. Oh, there's an abundance of prophets today. All with their own message. Uh, we have evangelists. Praise God. How blessed I was to be involved with, with the evangelist Bonke in Africa. See what God can do when millions of people come, thousands and millions. But I believe there is a dearth of, of shepherds. 
in Iran, there is a move of God taking place now where there are literally hundreds of thousands of people coming to the Lord Jesus. There is no great campaign. There are no apostles that we know of. No prophets standing up and saying anything. How can the Lord be doing this? I'll tell you why and how. It's because they are shepherds. Shepherds who go out after their neighbours, after their workmates, after their school friends, after the lost person in the street, wherever. The world is full of lost sheep. We, we talk about evangelists and bringing people in and spreading the word and so on. That will never work unless you and me can be a shepherd to at least somebody. And uh, I've been in the church a long time. Well, I've only been in this church for a short time. I've been only linked here for, I don't know. But what I have seen through my life is that people come into church and then they somehow get lost. Somehow. New converts need a great deal of love and caring, pampering and encouragement. And, and no one can do that except maybe you. <coughs> I would say there are possibly now more Christians outside of church, church than inside. Yeah. I, I'm afraid I need this message as much as you. But I don't know all your names here, but I, I should do. I, I do recognize faces. And sometimes when I sit at the back and I see a face, I've already seen faces not here today. And I pray for them. You see, sheep go in flocks. Goats, they wander around <laughs> doing their own thing. Yeah, they're wild. They go wherever they wish. Sheep are made to be in flocks. And in the epistle of Peter, you see, Peter lived his life first and foremost as a shepherd. And in his old age, he writes here in the epistles, he gives us two epistles. In his old age, he writes them. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, He writes, well, in chapter 1, he says, to the pilgrims of the diaspora, to those scattered in the diaspora. He's still trying to gather in sheep. He's writing to all those who are scattered around. There in the diaspora, he actually gives the the names of the country, Pontus Galatius and other places. He's concerned as a shepherd for all these who are scattered, and he writes to them to encourage them. And then he writes in chapter 2 about the Lord Jesus in verse 21, who suffered, leaving us an example, who committed no sin. Verse 23, who was reviled. Verse 24, who bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And verse 25, 
For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Wow. Folk, we were sheep going astray. That's what the Bible says. All we like sheep have gone astray. All gone to our own way, turned aside. And God sent his son. He came to find us. And he still is doing that. And then he goes on in chapter 5. Peter goes on. In chapter 5, verse 1, writing to the elders in all these places to exhort them. And he says, I am a fellow elder as you are. He was old at that time. The word elder means a senior person. Yes, old in age, but senior in understanding, knowledge, wisdom. Experience. And he says, verse 2, shepherd the flock of God, serving as guardians, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Come on. Thank you, Lord. There's a crown of glory waiting for you and me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's from the chief shepherd. Oh, that we might be like him. That we might be shepherds. That, Lord, we might have a heart like yours that, Lord, we might be moved with compassion to seek the lost. That, Lord, we might be willing to go and find the one who has strayed. The one who doesn't come to church anymore. Why? Why don't they come? What's happened? Have they made, maybe, they, maybe they've been transferred away. Maybe they've died. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they've gone to another church. Possibly. But do we know? I know that there's a lot of people who are not in the flock. And you know what? When you're not in the flock, you're vulnerable. That's right. The lambs follow the flock. And where there's one that's lagged behind or strayed or is out on the limb, that's the one they go for. Yeah. I found in my own life, by God's grace, almost always I've managed to be in a flock somewhere. There have been seasons when I haven't been able to be for one reason or the other. But it is important to be regular, to be identified in a flock. I would encourage you, if you know of anybody who was part of this flock, just go find them, phone them up, send them a text message. <laughs> Are you okay? You know, 
One man can't do it, one person. We are all, I believe, called to be shepherds. And when the great shepherd appears, then we shall receive a crown of glory. Well, in closing, I want to draw your attention to Psalm 23. We won't read it. But do you read it back at home? That wonderful psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Oh, if ever we needed a a pastor, a shepherd, we need Jesus. Let Jesus be your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He longs to care for you, love you. He longs to share with you intimately. He longs to lift you up if you're weak. He longs to pour in the oil if you are wounded and weary. He longs to carry you close to his heart. He's your shepherd. You know, when you're close to your shepherd, you know what? You get a shepherd's heart. When you know the tender love of the shepherd, Jesus, that's when you're motivated and moved to go and look after others. I know there are shepherds in this flock because I've seen you. I know you. I know they are. I'd, I'd exhort you not only to let the Lord Jesus shepherd you, but to become a shepherd. Let the words he spoke to Peter be the words he speaks to us. This morning there were people who went out to look after the little lambs. Oh, if only they knew how important they are. They've got the very heart of Jesus. And our shepherding must start there and come right up to every level of people and activity. Jesus said, pray that the Lord would raise up harvesters. Shepherds, as he looked at the crop, the harvest was white. It's all around us, beloved. As soon as you leave these walls, it's all around you. You've got to have a shepherd's heart, though, before you can speak to anybody. You've got to care for them like a shepherd. If you do, they're going to hear. And in closing, it says in Hebrews chapter 13, Now the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect, complete, in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You know, beloved, I believe the Lord longs to find the lost through you and me. God bless.
to and invite the worship team up.